the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Last week we ended in Philippians chapter 3, verse 16. But we're going to kind of go back through, and as you know, I love this section of Scripture, so I'm uh, probably going to talk a good bit about it, but I'm going to try to keep it in the context of time here. One of the things that we talk about here is the, is the work of sanctification for the child of God. And the work of sanctification for the child of God is a progressive work. That is the maturation or the maturing of our revelation of who we are in Christ, of our union with Him, how we walk with Him, how we grow into the truth of the finished work of Christ within us. One author puts, puts it this way. He says, An oak seed never grows into anything but an oak. It doesn't become an oak over time. It just gets bigger and more mature as an oak. And the bigger it gets, the more obvious its identity becomes and the more life and strength it displays. Well, Christian, you're an oak. You're not becoming an oak. You're not working to become an oak. You're not striving to one day be an oak. You are an oak. And you may be just a seed. And at this point in your life and in your walk with the Lord, it may not yet appear your origin or who you are. But one day it will be made plain. And as you grow, as you walk through life, it becomes more and more apparent that you're an oak. And you're only suited for the things for which an oak is suited for. That the things of this world will not nurture you, will not feed you. They are not food for the spiritual oak. There is only one place of nurture. There is only one place of feeding. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That is where we are fed. You're an oak. So when we talk about spiritual growth, we're not talking about becoming something. We're talking about living experientially in the truth of who we are. Romans 8.23 says in the Amplified, And not only the creation, but we ourselves too, have and enjoy the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, and foretaste of the blissful things to come, grown inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies from sensuality and the grave, which will reveal our adoption, our manifestation as sons. That sums it up. This verse sums it up really well. 
We read that we are already enjoying the first fruits. That is, knowing Him through the limitation of sinful flesh. That is, receiving the revelation of a strength within us that goes far beyond the frailty of our own flesh. That will exude and manifest the truth of the power of God in our lives. Where our weakness is revealed, His strength is exposed. And we are seen for what we are. Yes, all creation groans for that revelation. And we ourselves are groaning for the day when we will no longer have to battle the deception of this world and of our own flesh. But we will come into and be clearly manifested as the sons of God. Now I want to give you an outline of sorts as we go through the progression of chapter 3. I'd like you to look at Philippians 3, 10, and 11 as our purpose as Christians on the planet. Our purpose as Christians on the planet. Then we're going to go to Philippians 3, 12 through 14. That I'm going to call the pursuit. And Philippians 3, 15 through 17, I'm going to call the plan. Let's start with Philippians 3, 10, and 11. In the Amplified it reads... For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that if possible I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while in the body. As I preached and taught many times, this should be our determined purpose as well. It's our purpose for being here. And it is the purpose that God has made us for. But is it your determination? The Amplified defines it correctly. If Paul is stating with with determination, he is stating with passion, he's not just saying, oh, my purpose. He is saying, my determined purpose. This is an action of the will. This is his determination. This is his decided bent of life. He's saying, I will. I am. I have been determined. My purpose in living is to know Him. Now this is not just an intellectual knowing. Gnosko is not just, just knowing about. It is knowing intimately. And how do we know intimately? We know intimately by living intimately. By walking with Him. By living out life with Him. Listen, if your goals for life do not have their center in this determination, then they are earthy and man-centered and will ultimately end in death. You may achieve them, but they won't give life. And God allows them to demonstrate just that because we have one purpose for existence. It is to know Him. And if you have decided that you have another purpose, you will know, as we will say later on and discover in Scripture, you will know because life will prove to you that that doesn't work. 
You may achieve the goals of your life, but when you achieve them, are they life to you? Do they feed life to you? Do they affirm you? Do they give you purpose? Do they give you reason for being? No. If your goal in life is to do anything other than to walk intimately with Him and know Him intimately and allow His life to be expressed through you, you will find in every pursuit that it will end in emptiness. There are many goals. And as we've discussed before, they're not all bad goals. But they must all have the same determined purpose. Your goal may be to get married, but your determined purpose must be to know Him through marriage. Your goal may be to be having a career, but your determined purpose must be to know Him in that career. And you know what, Christians? I have, I have Christian couples coming into my office who've made their determined purpose in life is to know about God and to have a career and to be married and to, to have kids well-disciplined and to do all this. Those have all been their determined purpose. But they find every one of them empty and failing. Why is that? It's because they wanted to know the best of each one of these things first. And the person of Christ, second. They'll always come up empty. Because we cannot be a man or a wife apart from Him. We cannot have a marriage apart from Him. He is the marriage. We cannot have well-disciplined children apart from Him. He is the discipline of our children. We cannot have anything that is of value without Him. Apart from Him, it's worth nothing. It must be that our determined purpose is to know Him in every avenue, in every advent of life. That everything that we enter into, every circumstance that we walk to, everything that comes to us is to present Him. That I may walk with Him. That I may know Him. You know... Enoch walked with God and the life that he lived physically upon this earth was suddenly no more. He just kept walking from here to there. You know what? That's the transition of the Christian life. Death is not our enemy. We're knowing Him by faith, but we're to walk, walk on from, from faith to faith to faith to sight. We're the oak becoming more mature and full in who we are. That's who we are. Christ is our life. And our determination, our purpose for being on the planet is to know Him. The pursuit, Philippians 3.12-14. Not that I have now attained this ideal, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of, grasp, and make my own that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of of me. And made me his own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it's my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. The process of maturing in Christ does not mean that we become something or even that we really 
become more of something, but that we recognize who we are and grow in the revelation of who we are. Because we're complete in Him. There's a difference. When we believe that maturation is that we add something to ourselves and we're constantly in the process of trying to gather something to ourselves to become. But Scripture makes it very clear. We have already become. And that we are complete. So what are we maturing in? Well, we're maturing in the understanding of all that Christ has given us by virtue of His life. We're maturing in knowing the new creation as the new creation was intended to live. We're maturing in our understanding of what it is to walk by faith and to walk in the strength and the power of the Lord. We're maturing in the understanding of how Christ's life Himself will minister life to others through us and greater things than He did that we will do because of that life within us that will find its expression in every moment if we will yield it's good to know that I do not have to beg and scrape and dig and claw and go from meeting to meeting and seminar to seminar and and constantly try to gather into myself something that I do not have I can walk into the situation or the circumstance I can walk into the study I can walk into the to the worship center and I can know that I have the life of Christ the completeness of his presence within me and all that I need to know I have the counselor, the instructor, the revelator of Christ Himself, the Spirit of God within me, who will take everything that I'm exposed to and work it for the greater knowledge and good of my knowing Him. Romans 8.28 I no longer have to be fearful that I won't know enough. I no longer have to aspire to be able to memorize or keep or or intellectually conceive everything that's out there. Because you know what? About the time you think you know something, you find out you don't. Isn't that the truth? You think you know the meaning of a verse and let God put you in the middle of a circumstance where that verse really applies. And you know what? You find out you didn't know the meaning of the verse because what you were looking at were black ink on white paper, not the spirit and presence of God as he manifests himself through the word of God. You may see the word, but you haven't heard the rhema. And there are so many Christians out there who live empty, fruitless lives because they believe that their attainment is in what they know about rather than in the person of Christ. Paul recognizes that we're not yet perfect in the fullness of who we are. Though we may not be perfect in behavior, Paul is speaking of the pursuit of knowing Christ in context of living in the truth of who we are consistently, being who we were made to be in our experience as well as in truth. Not just knowing that we are Christians, but being Christians. There's a difference. Pressing on means in spite of everything that would convince me that the goal is unattainable to lay hold of and grasp as my own. In spite of everything that might try to convince you that he is not knowable. In spite of everything that might try to convince you that this world is your ultimate reality. In spite of the work of the enemy that might try to focus you on the things of this earth. In spite of those things, I will own the truth. I will live the truth. I I will determine to live out the fact that Christ is my life and He is my purpose for being. That's the only way we can live and know life. It's what God made us for. 
in the context of Philippians 3.10, we follow down and he says, And for which Christ the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. I am come that you might have life and have it to the full or more abundantly. You have life. What is that that transitions us from just having and having abundantly? That's the work of the Spirit of God into a maturity that I begin to open wide my arms and embrace the truth of who He is and who I am in Christ. I grow in the abundance of all that I have in Him. And you know what it takes? You're living life. You know what it takes to know Him? It takes death. It takes sickness. It takes all manner of things that come and enter into our lives that cause pain. It also takes success. It takes all kinds of things to prove to us that life is not in money, that it's not in career, that even it's not even in marriage, and it's, it's not even in going to church. It takes every manner of experience. You know why I know that? That's the reason you're having the experience. Your sin and your failure may have cast you into a circumstance, but I know this, I know the purpose of the circumstance that you're in, to know Him. That's it. To know Him. You say, well, I, I thought I was living through this just to be a testimony to the people. Well, yes. But where are you testifying of? Are you testifying of the experience or the God in the midst of the experience? So often today we're caught up in the experience and we go about testifying of the experience. God can't trust us to do a lot of miraculous experiences because we immediately make a seminar out of it. I think it was Wells that said, you know, know, Philip, he was transported from one point to the other. So we know that God can move us from one point to the other at any time he so chooses. So why am I not transported? Because he knows the minute he did that, I'd have a transportation ministry. I'd be selling transportation tapes. I'd be going on the religious broadcasting thing talking about my transportation. And people would be taking notes and trying to get the methodology down so we can all get to a point where we can be transmitted. God can't trust us with those things. Because we miss the purpose in them. purpose in them is to know the God of the circumstance. In the circumstance. We were made for Him. He made me His own. And Paul says, do not consider, brethren, that I have captured it and made it my own yet. In other words, I don't do it perfectly. It's a moment-by-moment pursuit. But when I fall or when I fail, I fall forward. I repent from my sin. You know what repentance is to turn. I repent from my sin and then I pick up and go forward in my determination to know Him. There is not a sinless one among us. And you know what? That will be true tomorrow too. And the next day. And the next day. As long as you're on the planet. You're not going to achieve perfection in your behavior. But what you can achieve is perfection in your determination. 
You can determine that life will not cheat you or rob you from the purpose of your existence. And every time you fall, you fall forward and you lift your eyes towards heaven and you put your focus on upon the Savior who is your salvation and you say, Lord, I know I fell. I know that I, I sinned against you. But my determined purpose is to know you. Let me go forward in truth. You can in your determination continue to go forward don't do it perfectly I repent and I turn but my focus is on him and I determine to go forward I will not waste any time looking back focusing on the past but one thing I do this is a continuation of the verse it is my one aspiration Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. We talked about this last time. Let this be the second part of your New Year's. We talked about this on New Year's Day. Let this be the second part of your New Year's resolution. First, determine to know Him, the purpose of your life. And then secondly, this one thing would help. Forget what's behind. What am I lumping into that? Well, let me look at the verse again. It says, forgetting what lies behind. It doesn't just say forgetting the sins that lie behind. It means putting behind you any sense of significance in the past. Any sense of failure in the past. Your life is in Christ. And Christ is the I am, not the I was. And if you focus upon the past, you will rob yourself of the now. You'll be robbed of all that Christ can be now to you. And I know plenty of Christians are still living from that great Christian one day when the revival came. When brother so-and-so spoke and, and it seemed that the roof opened up and heavens revealed themselves do you know that disciples would have been continuously rebuked if all they did was sit around and harp about the miracles? They were rebuked when they came back and began spending all their time speaking of miracles. God doesn't want your focus to be on what happened in the past. God wants your focus to be on Him in the now. You don't need to know the God of yesterday's revival. You need to know the God of today in your circumstance of the now. How do you walk moment by moment in intimacy with Him if your focus is what has happened? What kind of marriage would I have if I spent all my time thinking about the one day we got married? And you know I get together with her every time. You know, Sabra, what a sweet time it was when we got married. And she'll say, yeah, but what happened today? Well, you know, I know we, you know, I had things happen today, but you know, wasn't it just glorious the day we got married? Do you remember that? Let's get out the album and talk about it. Well, you know, we had a good we had a good wedding, but you know, eventually one of us is going to get sick of the subject. Okay, it's time to move on and live in the marriage. You know, one of the things I counsel I counsel a lot of people who are having marital problems. And you know what? They want, they want to spend their time thinking about when it was so good back then or why it's so, when it was so bad back then. And they don't have any faith of the God of the now. They want to recreate what has been 
are what they believe should be. They don't have any belief that God can be God in the now. That's not intimacy. At the very least, it's superstition. Our Father wants us to walk in the truth of who He is right now because His grace is for the moment. His mercy is for the moment. The reason you can't conceive of yourself ever getting beyond where you are is because He hasn't given you anything to go beyond where you are or go back to where you were. He's the I Am. Paul says, I want to make this my plan of pursuit, straining forward to what lies ahead. And that tells you that this determination is not without struggle. Using the word straining will tell you that even the Apostle Paul struggled in this determination. Don't you think that it might be somewhat distracting to have people throw you out of every city you walk into? Don't you think that it might be a little disconcerting to be stoned? Beaten? Shipwrecked? Don't you think all of those things might have at some point shaken you to kind of take your eyes off the goal? At the end of the day, wouldn't you say, my determined purpose is to find a quiet place to live? Not Paul. You see, all of these things were just things in the path that Christ was leading him forward on in a greater pursuit and a greater revelation of himself. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.